Hello and welcome to The Pulse. Later in the show, the government's plan to conserve coastline by, well, destroying the coastline and the demise, or apparent demise, of Albert Cheng's digital radio station, DBC. First, though, Hong Kong's mandatory Provident Fund system came into operation in December 2000, ostensibly to form a pillar for retirement protection. Next Thursday, the employee choice arrangement comes into being, allowing more than 2.35 million employees to transfer their portion of mandatory contributions to an MPF scheme of their own choice. The aim, says the government, is to boost market competition among the 19 approved trustees and thus benefit consumers. We're not the big fan or big advocate of um, price war. What we emphasize though is competitiveness through multi-dimensions in the market. So one sort basically is about pricing, but it's not about the whole offer. The whole offer includes the pricing and also the investment returns, investment options, and also the servicing. As I mentioned, basically we invest a lot into our servicing to our clients. Now that counts, so, and the customers can feel it. The ECA will only marginally increase competitiveness because of the fact that half the contributions will still be uh, in the employer's accounts. Uh, and uh, those, there'll be no competition over those and also the, the uh, barriers to moving the money from the employer account to the employee's choice are quite high so that will uh, mean that a lot of people simply won't bother moving the money. Under the new scheme, employees can initially choose to transfer their portion of accumulated MPF funds to a new fund provider. That doesn't mean, however, that all contributions from that point go to their preferred new manager. Instead, they have to go to the original trustee, from which they can only be transferred in a lump sum once a year. There's also some risk for those who choose to transfer their MPF funds from one trustee to another. It can take six to eight weeks to sell the old funds and buy new. The Mandatory Provident Fund Schemes Authority warns employees that there is a chance of a sell-low, buy-high scenario. It's a deterrent to switching in the first place. What the government should do instead is introduce a full portability of all the contributions and have a central uh, portal, a trustee, uh, which uh, has a, a lifelong account uh, for each uh, person in Hong Kong. Uh, and then uh, they, they can tell their employer to contribute to their account and they can log in and choose where the money goes anytime they want and move money between managers and not just choose one manager at a time. I believe after two or three years, if employees are allowed to change all the benefits from one trustee to another, uh, it invites more competition. Perhaps the management fee could be reduced further. Then after that time, if the management fee, management fee is still kept at a very high level, the government may take more active steps in establishing the central um, uh, profitant fund or central retirement fund to take care uh, of the retirement benefits of the citizen. Last week, the Consumer Council released a survey that compared 523 funds from 39 MPF schemes offered by 15 MPF companies. 
It revealed that the expense ratio of the funds ranged from a maximum of 4.62% to a minimum of 0.17%. 159 funds recorded negative annualized returns over the past five years. Many don't believe they're a reliable form of retirement protection. With an MPF, say, maybe half a million dollars, how can you expect you know, people to live a very decent life um, relying on the $500,000 alone? Now, of course, uh, there is also a problem upon maturity when people receive such a lump sum, then how would they manage the money? Some of them will spend the whole lump sum in a few years' time. And I think if people can, uh, give a, give, can be given a choice to uh, put the lump sum into a kind of annuity, that could you know, better manage you know, most people's retirement life. Hong Kong people have been very capable of saving in the past if they have the earnings capacity and the earnings capacity in the future is going to be much higher than it was for people retiring now. They don't really need to be told to save, they should have more flexibility. So I think that uh, now is a good time for the government to step back and say do we really need the MPF at all uh, and maybe it's only been enriching fund managers and it's not been popular with the public. The government predicts that after the launch of the employer choice arrangement there will be greater competition among MPF providers which should be good news for customers. A new statutory regime will also be introduced on the same day to regulate MPF intermediaries. Well, with us in the studio is the Chief Operating Officer of the Mandatory Provident Fund Schemes Authority, Alice Law. Alice Law, uh, let me start with a general question because I think there is general disappointment with the performance of these MPF funds and there's a, a perception that the only people who've benefited from them have been the people who provide the funds and, and for investors miserable returns and they've been forced to have them. As we all know, um, over the past five years, the market is heavily battered um, pursuant to the financial crisis and we, a lot of the equity markets is still recovering uh, from the clash. Now, um, what we would like to point out to investors is that um, to the general public, retirement protection is a long-term long investment plan and it's going to take more than you know, 20, 30 or even 40 years in order to reach the, the ultimate objective. Over the you know, last 10 years, we have been asking the uh, uh, trustees to disclose the fund expense ratio so that it becomes more transparent. Um, and we understand uh, the public is concerned that probably the fee reduction has not been coming down quick enough and fast enough. Uh, and, and where are you now on the question of whether there should be a mandatory cap on those fees? Yes. Um, that is actually something we already commissioned, uh, you know, in a consultant last year to look at the uh, administrative costs being um, charged by the trustee. And hopefully we will have a full report next month in November and we will um, come out to the uh, public and actually share the report's you, findings. You don't have a view on that at the moment? We, we, are, we are neutral at the moment. I think we haven't actually yet seen the results of the uh, core study. It's important to see the findings and the elements that will attribute uh, to reducing fees in this, that respect. Okay, Let, let's move to what's going to happen next Thursday. As from next Thursday, uh, people in these schemes will be able once a year to mm to change them if, they, if they're not happy with their current provider. What real tangible benefit is that going to bring to investors? Okay. Um, 
the employee choice arrangement or what people generally uh, call semi-portability is a breakthrough for the MPF system. First of all, it gives the right to employees that they can choose at least for their accrued benefits, uh, you know, the, the trustees that they want to put their money into uh, once a year. And this time round, because this is the first time, we would like to urge the um, employees to take a very cautious step because most of them would probably have accumulated over the last decade quite a, a big lump sum of money. And since the transfer is going to be once for a year and in one go, um, so the first um, lump sum that they will be transferring will be quite enormous one or significant compared to... You can't to cut it in half? No, we can't. We, we, the law actually does not allow them to cut it in half. So it's important to think carefully before they consider transferring. Um, and that's why I think um, we would like the um, employees actually to look at a few elements, uh, particularly market condition is going to be uh, volatile or unpredictable, as well as looking at whether they really need to change. Uh, that's important. So we have put on our website some of the uh, comparative tools. For example, they can use our electronic fees comparative uh, uh, platform on our website and they can also use our service comparative platform launched on the website to do a bit so of they get more information exactly well, I, I'm sorry to cut you short but Alice Law thank you very much indeed and we'll be back after the break welcome back do you remember a plan a few years back to tear down Dio Fishing Village and build a Dio Fishing Village theme park? It shouldn't be any big surprise that a new plan to conserve coastline in the new territories is built upon destroying part of an ecologically rich coastline to create a sandy beach that could be meeting a virtually non-existent demand. Longmei is a mud flat in Inner Tolo Harbour that's home to a diversity of wildlife that's rare for Hong Kong. Soon, though, the government plans to pile tons of sand here to create a man-made beach. Today, 科學的論證和一些基本的判斷。Despite ongoing petitions by green groups to save Longmei, the government says it'll go ahead with the plan. Green groups argue that the Environmental Impact Assessment, or EIA, report is incomplete, and not enough attention is paid to the site's ecological value or the feasibility of an artificial beach. 其實就算它適合游泳,都是全港水質最差的泳灘,每百毫升的海水裡面是有一千八百個大長乾菌。這個是有這麼多種生物的。單單以龍美來說,所記錄的海岸生物已經去到280種。Dixon is a member of the online Hong Kong Wildlife Forum that's been active in drawing attention to the diversity of marine life under threat. Forum participants raised the issue after reading the 2007 EIA report. They were astounded that it identified fewer than 30 animal and marine species. Mm -hmm. 
，有好多我哋以前都冇見過嘅一啲即係海洋生物。The group published its own ecological study, an 80-page report produced voluntarily in just a week, so it could submit its findings to a crucial town planning board meeting. 其實可能用咗好幾晚通宵，因為我哋其實全部都係用自己嘅即係私人時間去做呢樣嘢咯。我試過同啲政府官員開會，其實佢哋睇翻嘅報告仍然都係政，即係佢哋顧問公司俾佢哋嗰份咯。有啲螺啦，行緊見唔見啊？呢只我哋叫中螺，或者叫單齒螺啦。我哋會將面頭啲誒呢啲石咧拎走，跟住就會鋪沙。After the government announced its decision this week, reporters were taken on a field trip. They were told the beach, estimated to cost $210 million in public money, will meet strong local demands for a public beach facility. The 你有咩特色啫？你有咩賣點啫？啊，咁我覺得嚟講，你係做一個亞洲首個生態泳池咧，更加大嘅經濟效益同埋有呢個吸引力咯。帶俾佢哋一啲乜嘢嘅唔方便咧？我一個沙灘喺撞緊。你話冇咗個沙灘啊？係啊，冇個沙灘冇咩唔方便㗎，只不過係少咗一樣嘢嘅娛樂嘅設施啫嘛。Zhang is the village representative of Longmei Village. He says most local residents support the decision. With construction due to start next month, property prices have doubled from a year ago. There are plans to build spa hotels here. Some argue. That this is another development that will benefit property developers and indigenous landowners at the expense of the wider Hong Kong population. So I hope that this here can be turned into a certain kind of place where there is a beautiful environment. 誒誒呢啲嘅誒旅遊設施喺度啊，咁希望咧唔係啲人咧係誒坐一個鐘頭車入嚟咧，係係係玩半日，而係咧可以咧可以留喺度誒帶動呢個本土嘅經濟啦。As compensation, the government says it will conserve parts of the Tingkok coast and move sea creatures to the Tingkok East waters during construction. 兩個地方嘅生物始終係有唔同啦。即係用個即係即係比喻就係，咁可能依邊係寫文聯嚟嘅，嗰邊就係依個民建聯。咁你點樣可以將佢哋即係兩兩批動物擺埋一齊咧？我自己都影過一隻啊紅色嘅海星喎，我從來冇諗過，我潛水其實都冇見過嘅。咁但係竟然俾我喺龍尾遇上呢一隻，可以話我即係一生人啊第一次見，或者可能以後都冇機會再見嘅一種即係好靚嘅紅色嘅海星。
Finally this week, the digital broadcaster DVC, helmed by former legislator Albert Cheng, seems to be undergoing protractive death throes. But what is bringing about its demise, and is that demise inevitable? I'm no longer running the company. The receiver, you mean, the accounting firm, uh, Deloitte, yeah, they, they are here now become, uh, they're the management of the company now, they took over the management. Less than a month after its official launch, a shareholders' dispute is bringing the operations of the Digital Broadcasting Corporation to an end. Leading the majority stakeholders is Bill Wong, a Beijing loyalist and CPPCC member. His group includes David Lee from the Bank of East Asia, Executive Councillor Arthur Lee, and VTech boss Alan Wong. The minority shareholders include Albert Jang, Morris Ho, and Ronald Cooley. Bill Wong has obtained a court order allowing accountants to take over the station's operations. He has also refused to pour $50 million investment into DBC and has obtained an injunction barring Jang from reviewing details of boardroom conversations. He says that mismanagement compelled him to restore his financial backing and file writ over the station's bookkeeping. Last week, DBC organized a week-long voluntary broadcasting campaign outside government headquarters. During the broadcast, a leaked click of DBC board meetings in May was played. The conversation between Albert Jang and Bill Wong was about hiring outspoken commercial radio host Li Weiling. Ah Pang here refers to the director of liaison office Pang Qinghua. Supporters say this proves that the radio station is the victim of political interference from the central government. For more than five days, one station host has been staging a hunger strike. Whenever there's interruption of the service, the government have to step in, not to resolve the, the dispute, but to find out why, you know, due to whatever it is, you know, either it's commercial reason, political reason, shareholder dispute. This morning, a special meeting of the Electrical Information and Technology Panel examined the allegations of outside interference as well as other factors that may have led to the station's closure.
DBC 嘅問題咧，即係唔單單只淨係一個嘅純商業糾紛嘅問題。如果純商業糾紛咧，即係局長梗係可以置身事外啦。係嘛？咁但係呢家涉及到一個嘅電台嘅停播，同埋個停播咧係涉及到即係一個政治操控或者一個政治干預，而呢個政治嘅機構咧就係中聯辦，即係一個極為、呃、重要，亦都係極為一個嚴重嘅問題。我原本有一個數碼台嘅選擇，而家係少咗一樣。你點樣向大眾交代？我唔使你介入，我而家要係要要求你問責。作為一問責官員呢，其實我哋要好小心，唔好干預呢啲嘅傳媒機構。越對呢條線呢係好清楚，我哋唔會干預佢內部嘅運作。而持牌機構呢，佢應該負起佢呢一個嘅編輯嘅責任。We'll see you at the same time next week. Goodbye. Open Gangnam Style.